guys, more teams. They're burying us alive! Eddie Shore? Oh, piss on Eddie Shore. Old-time hockey? Piss on old-time hockey! You're ruining it! And now, between the stammers, your unofficial Canucks cast. Here's Arden Caleb. Yep, we're back in the Between the Stammers studios. The BTS studios, I'm calling it. I it like also, that. It also uh, moonlights as the Sharkcast studio, but really, who gives a shit about those jabronis? Whoa. Am I wrong? <laughs> yeah, no, you're, you're right. You're right. You're right, for sure. Yeah, we're back. The Canucks are on a road trip. Uh, this is the second big road trip that they've been on this year. Uh, I, this is a real Eastern road swing. A little bit easier than the last one. You think so, eh? Yeah, I'd say so. I mean... The last one had back-to-backs all over the place and against really good teams. Pittsburgh it ended in Winnipeg. This one, uh, I think there's some teams that they should beat on this road trip. Well, one of those teams was last night, and the result wasn't guaranteed. Yeah, I mean, no Brock in the lineup, too. but Yeah, so since our last Between the Stammers podcast, there's been two games. Uh, that last one was done after the 4-2 win over the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, then the Canucks, after that, had a 7-6 win over the Colorado Avalanche, which we're going we're gonna to get into, trust me. <laughs> and then uh, the last game was just uh, last night, which is a Tuesday night. Uh, they were playing in Detroit, a 3-2 overtime shootout loss to the Detroit Red Wings. It wrecked their, you know, no overtime decisions. Yeah, man, I was yeah. sad to see that go. Yeah, I, I know how you like that clean look, right? Yeah. So that's uh, that's that's by the by. But you know what? The Canucks still got a point. I was a little disappointed. Let's let's get into that one first right away because it's most recent, fresh on our minds. The right? thanks for coming out point. That's what I like calling that yeah. that uh, overtime loss point. Yeah, and we you know? could we could probably talk like all night about whether there should be an extra point at the end of games and what it does to the standings, what it does to just the perception of teams going out through the year, right? The They're- perception is is definitely a thing we could address if we wanted to. I don't know if you want to. I I'm on the fence. Yeah, we could, but let's get into that game. The Canucks were coming in on a three-game win streak. They had uh, just beaten Colorado 7-6 in that, you know, that Dude. crazy, awesome Barn burner. Right? Yeah. And then you get into Detroit. It's the first game of a road trip. No Brock Besser for this one. Uh, Chris Tanev did return to the lineup. That was fun, seeing mm-hmm. him in the lineup. Yeah, it's right? good to see Tanny back, for sure. The Canucks went up 2-0 in this game. This is, for me, why I was disappointed. When you go up 2-0 against a team like the Detroit Red Wings, let's be, for all intents and purposes, they are a bottom feeder, right? Yeah, I would agree with that, for sure. They're going to be a bottom feeder for this year. They had Henrik Zetterberg just retired out of nowhere, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, They have injuries to the back, and... uh, Did you... Sorry, real quick about Henrik Zetterberg. Did you read into, like, that injury? Because that injury is crazy, man. Like, the back issues that he was having and how that affected his ankle... Like the, it was like a nerve all the way down to his ankle, but it was from his back. And like it, his, he basically like his, he had to tape his ankle completely up because he had like no ability to move it. Like it just kept collapsing on him. That doesn't surprise me yeah. though. Like he, he had been battling injuries for years. Oh, forever. Time. Like yeah. for a really long time. They were even talking as far back as like when they were winning the cups there, um, against Pittsburgh and then when Pittsburgh beat them the following year like that's kind of when it all started for him and I mean for him to battle for that many years after that and still be like a pretty elite player yeah what a career for that guy man he's an absolute stud it's just it's a weird injury to to hear about a back and how it can affect like your foot yeah you know yeah back injuries and I think even vice versa, maybe the foot injuries can affect the back too, because mm-hmm. uh, a lot of uh, really tall players in the NBA have foot problems, and it affects their back as yeah. well, because they're like you know standing up straight and running differently and weirdly. So uh, that doesn't surprise me that they can it can go the other way as well. Yeah. Uh, but the Canucks they blow a two nothing lead. Uh, what did you see from that game that you t- that you know something you can take away from it? You know what? I didn't hate it. Um, the only thing that bugs me is it's like it's your typical road game, right? Like you, you jump out early, you get on the board, Canucks score first, they throw the stat up there, Canucks 4-0 when they score first. And and then, you know, Hutton gets that second goal, and then they kind of took their foot off the gas a little bit and allowed Detroit to get back in it, which 
you know, you want to conserve energy, but it's just the beginning of a road trip, you know, like let's, and con- let's, let's be honest here. Like the Canucks have offense, you know, that was a major concern going into this season was like, Oh, they don't have the horses. They don't have the offense, but like we've seen it already. And especially from a guy like Pedersen who right now is pretty much good for a goal, at least a goal a game. You know, and he delivers in spades. Louie got a point off that goal, too, the pass to him. And then Pedersen just absolutely claps that home, top left corner. What a goal. Um, I, I didn't like it. I, I didn't like how it, it felt like they kind of let their foot off the gas a tad. That's exactly you know? what happened. And, and the first goal bugged me a little bit more than the second one. I think the second one was just so quick. The first one, I was kind of like, oh, you know, that could have been stopped. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Canucks had chances in overtime. Like Pedersen oh, man, came yeah. down on a two-on-one and he hit the crossbar. I thought it was going in. Yeah, it was labeled, dude. It looked like it was labeled top corner again, and it just went off the crossbar and out. And Horvat was looking pretty dangerous in that OT as well. But that's what happens when you let your foot off the gas. You know, like sometimes that's coaching too, right? They go, okay, well, you know, defend the lead, shut her down. That's your road win. You want to play smart, but you know, I kind of felt like they should have got the two points, especially from a team that is as vulnerable as Detroit. Like Detroit right now is more injured than the Canucks are, which is crazy to think like it's the two most injured teams in the league going at each other. And I, I, I think the Canucks are the more skilled of the two teams. I thought Abdelkader, though, for the Wings, played a really, really good game. Did he score the second goal? That, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. just kind of like, that's just him. Like, he's the most consistent player on that team, I'd say. Yeah. Uh, Markstrom, I didn't love the, the first goal. Yeah. Uh, he's running with it right now. Like, he's <laughs> the guy. He has to be the goalie with Nilsson Hurd and Demko Hurd. How about those last names of the players involved in that first goal, too, on Detroit? I'm just like, who the hell are these guys? Yeah. FRK? Yeah. FRK. and N-E-H-N? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just made me laugh when I saw that. I was <laughs> just thinking about it. I don't it. know like, half the players on Where's your team. vowel? <laughs> I don't know half the players on their yeah. team, actually. I was looking at their, their lineup uh, yesterday, and I was like, wow, they are in true rebuild. Well, rebuild and, and they're hurt, right? Yeah, and they're hurt. And they got some pretty decent players out at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I thought uh, Dylan Larkin looked pretty good as well. Yeah. The old D-boss there. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, He's got the A on the jersey too now, right? It looks like they're waiting for who's going to be the, the next go-to guy in that organization. Tyler Bertuzzi was pretty good on that line with Abdicator as well. I think that was their third line. And... Uh, he looked dangerous out there as well. Uh, they got a rookie defenseman that's playing pretty well for them too, Dennis Chalowski. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. We know from the WHL here. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he's logging a lot of minutes for them. It'd be cool if um, Joe Hicketts got some time with them. That's what I was thinking. Well, Chalowski's the guy who's basically taken his job, yeah. right? And he's kind of moved ahead of Joe Hicketts on the depth chart, and it's kind of a make or break year for Joe, really. Um, like we love him in Victoria. We've seen him play for the Royals for years. He was the best captain they've had, I think, by a very significant margin. He always came through in the clutch. And um, yeah, like to have a guy who's younger, you know, has a little more offensive upside move ahead of you in that organization. We're gonna have to see if if this is Joe's last kick at the can or if he can get a chance somewhere else because it's gonna be tough for him to to move up in that organization yeah we're especially hoping. with ho- the lack of depth that they have on on their back end too yeah absolutely uh speaking of back ends though the canucks back end have has been chipping in here man like they well it's have, hutton right yeah they have uh they have 28 points from the d-man five goals 23 assists this is from uh canucks beat reporter jeff patterson thanks yeah. buddy on pace for 144 points this season which would represent a 20 plus jump from last season I I really like Hutton's game this season, and you know in that in that homestand with Edler and Tanev out, like he was the best defenseman on that blue line. I thought by a considerable margin, and like he had to play with a guy like Eric Goodbranson, and Goodbranson played well too. He got torched a couple times, you know, by guys going wide on him and everything. But his game was steady, I'd say, yeah. and like Hutton to me, I think has been one of the biggest surprises of the year. And also one of the most pleasant surprises. He's just going about his business out there quiet, quietly. He's working the blue line a little bit better, too. You can tell his foot speed's improved. 
like overall he's he's been awesome and it was one of the things that I kind of predicted at the beginning of the year I said Hutton would score the first goal off the blue line he did, he did and he's continued to contribute there and that's a nice thing because that's you know something that nobody thought the Canucks would have um at the beginning of the season was offense and contributions from the point you know the guy who's running that power play they're gonna get points regardless back there and I don't think that that's very indicative always with their point totals like they get ballooned a little bit of how actually good they are as offensive defensemen you know like you go back to the years when Henrik and Daniel were just ripping it up and then you look at Edler's numbers and you're like whoa he's an offensive dynamo but it's like dude he's keeping the puck in at the blue line and he's making a pass Mm -hmm. you know and (laughs) <laughs> it's funny because right now, like, you think, well, you know, how hard that can that be? But even when Ether was out, Pouliot had some trouble with it, you know, and it, it's good to give some other guys a look, I think. Uh, do you think Hutton should get a look on that first power play? I do, yeah. yeah. I, I think I've said that before as yep. well. Um, I, I really do. I You know what? And I wouldn't mind seeing Stetcher get a look there as well at some point. Um, he's a little scary. Like, if, if the puck does does go by him you kind of wonder if he can keep up with some of these guys as, as they're breaking out tell me i'm wrong but, though stetcher is kind of like an unsung hero right now like him like when he's out there with Pugliot, Pugliot's not like he's not a dynamo in his own end by any stretch no 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 kid. like stetcher had to make up for a lot of his shortcomings and i mean last night he's playing with del zotto too yeah. and stetcher's the guy who has to carry like some of these players who aren't exactly like that steady in their own end and, yeah. and that much better i agree with you that's I, that's a really good point like i love how stetcher like everybody loves how stetcher moves the puck but i i think this guy like he has he's really impressed me in the back end just you know winning battles on the yeah. end boards and getting the puck out of the zone i i love that from him well, i think he hasn't gotten a whole lot of you know because canucks have had a nice start here yeah right and he hasn't gotten a lot of props for it well, there's no quitting him, right? I think that's one of the, the biggest things about him is even if a guy does get the puck away from him, he's on him again immediately. Like, mm-hmm. he will – he's like a dog on a bone, and that's one of the nicest things about Troy Stetcher. It's funny, like, when you look at his size and everything, it's easy to draw a comparison to a guy like him and Biega, but, like, everything that you notice about Biega when he's trying to get the puck is because, like, it's his own fault. Right, and he's he's looking for it because he coughed it up or something like that. Stetcher's kind of the opposite. Yep. He has the puck, or if another guy has the puck, he jumps on him, and you can see the effort of him just trying to to grab it. And like, not to completely throw Biega under the bus, because like he came in and he played really well for the minutes he had and for the role he played too. Like he was he was solid in there. He wasn't an absolute liability on a pairing with Del Zotto, which is kind of scary to think about. But mm, Yeah, what do you think about Del Zotto? He was out of the lineup for far, quite a few games there to start the year. What, what have you seen from him? Since I, I want that guy traded, to be honest. But what do you get from him? I don't know, but like, I, I just think you could get something. I don't know if it's a reclamation project or whatever, but I, I, you know, I'd like to see some of these Utica guys come in, whether that's Chatfield, who people say is pretty steady back there, in his own end, whether that's a guy like Breezeball getting a shot or even you, Levy, like who I still hope to see on the on the roster before the year's over. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know, Del Zotto, like he's he's never been consistent. Yeah, uh, you know what? I feel like we've talked enough about the Red Wings game because to me it was just meh. Uh, yeah, hundred percent. Especially after we just saw maybe the game of the year for the Canucks, maybe the best game. Well, I don't know. Maybe the best game we've seen out of the Canucks, or at least view it from a viewer standpoint, Dude, for, for for quite a few years now. I'd say for like four or five five years. Oh, you're going that far back. I think I'm going that far back. Like entertainment wise, pure entertaining. Yeah. Like we said, we were talking about this game because it was the night of when we were um, recording our last podcast, mm-hmm. and we said, "What was it going to look like?" and it was going to like, oh, this could easily turn into a track meet. And it was a track meet. And it was an absolutely amazing track meet. It was both back and forth. Yeah. Both of the goalies kind of struggled, which is, yeah. you know, if it's one goalie struggling, it sucks to watch. But both of them were struggling and just watching these goals pile in one after another after another was so exciting and so fun. Yeah. The Avalanche were coming in off uh, a game the night before. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they had lost that game in overtime. Yeah, they they had a pretty decent lead in that game against Calgary, yeah. and then yeah, they lost in overtime. And then they came into Vancouver, and well, Elias Pettersson happened. 
multiple <laughs> times. Yeah. Five point night for yeah. the super rook. He's insane. Um, I I was watching that game at uh, at a bar with uh, with a buddy, and the one of the first plays of the game was obviously the great breakout pass from center ice from Pedersen to Brock Besser, and it was just just gold, right? Just like stick to stick pass, and Besser made no mistake. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself when that happened, I was like, you know what? I think Besser's gonna have a good night because when goal scorers like that get one early that easy it yeah. just takes the pressure off of totally. the game right? for sure they don't squeeze the stick right so i was yeah. expecting a good night from him and then well elias Pettersson, well five point night yeah he had five besser at four dude like like yeah let's talk about brock for a second too because i mean you know we kind of mentioned that in november that's when he he, he heated up last year yeah. and like there was a lot Dude, of things that happened. In he game. was skating well in that game. Like he easily, he did not look like he was hampered by that injury. And then of course we hear before the Detroit game that he's out because of his groin was hurting, but he looked good out there. Like he was moving at like a pretty good pace. Yeah. His shot was just otherworldly. That pass, that second uh, Besser goal, that pass from uh, Pedersen that went off the end boards, that Sedin like play that he just buried top cheese. Like that play is what like one play. of the highlights of the year already. Yeah. The, you know uh, the Sedin like pass. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw Henrik Sedin joking about it on air, saying that's our trademark. He can't take that. <laughs> uh, that that game won. Um, I think that game won. Pedersen. He had five points. Uh, Elias Pedersen was named the second star. The, yeah, the second week. star. Yeah, he had uh, behind Monahan. Yeah, he had like uh, I think it was seven points in three games. Yeah, dude, and, and all Canucks wins. And another, yeah, another great thing about Patterson in that game was like he proved and he scored like a bit of a garbage goal. Like his first goal was him just sniffing around the net. If you know me, right? I love those type of goals. I do too. And there's like so many avalanche and just Canucks everywhere and you just Petey's little stick. You just yeah. see him poke it, yeah. pokes it right underneath the tender and into the back of the net. And I was just like, I'm like, oh man, I love this. Like. We've seen we've seen the scoring flash. We've seen the flash. We've seen him in the right spot. We've seen the moves. We've seen the dekes. We've seen it all. Mm-hmm. But to see that little extra tool in front of the net, just going to the rough area to get the goal, that was like extra encouraging, was it not? Oh, it was very encouraging. I love when stars get dirty goals like that because yeah. I know that means there's going to be less less uh, slumps less slumps yeah because for sure when you, when you score those dirty goals you know that that's effort is what that is yeah 100 you know? percent. and uh the guys like Corey perry that get those goals right yeah. uh zach parise got those goals yeah. for years kaner those, gets those too patrick kane gets a lot of those as well i love that yeah and that's just i mean it's just more you know elias Pettersson, awesome which we could talk about this entire podcast about that guy well like that and then the Canucks get that shitter penalty called against them, right? Mm, late in like, the game, yeah. You know, three minutes to go in the game, and like, you know, I was sitting there watching the game with a few buddies, and I'm like, oh man, this is over. This sucks. Like, they played so well. And then again, you know, the Canucks pulled the goalie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they pulled the goalie, and you know who was out there for the Avalanche? It was the top line for the Avalanche. Yeah. Like, behind the net, Landeskog was behind his net. Yeah. And Besser pressured him. And and Besser intercepted, or sorry, uh, uh, Horvat intercepted the pass and put it right in front of the net on Pedersen's stick. And you know what happens after that? Oh, well, like that was the best part was watching Besser force Landeskog to cough it up, and then Horvat goes back and he immediately like it happened so quickly it too. Like so Horvat just puts it like I don't know if he put it just behind his back or through his legs. I can't remember, but like he got it out to like the high slot so fast on the opposite side, and of course. PD's right there and he just rips it home. Oh man. That was a dream release on the dream yeah. pass. Like it was And he's in the stick. spot. He's in the spot. Like yeah. he's anticipating that play at that moment. And yeah. that like, you know, like I love the other stuff, but that might have been my favorite moment of that night because it was just like he's there i couldn't believe he was there and he just absolutely ripped it what an exciting game back and forth i mean we watched nathan mckinnon there the star for yeah. the avalanche and that guy and even oh john garrett on the broadcast said it a few times like that was uh connor mcdavid like uh yeah nathan it, mckinnon with the puck on his stick 
is like Connor McDavid. Stylistically, yeah. he's probably the closest player in the yeah. league to the same kind of style that Connor plays, which is just like bull rush up the ice, yeah. like can't get the puck off him. Yeah. Such good vision. Like he's man, he's a joy to watch. He's and an like, MVP candidate for sure. His line mates too, like Mika Rantanen is a player. He's you huge. know? Yeah. And then Landeskog on that line just grinds it out, like gets pucks out to both of them and they're all feasting. Like That's th- what Landeskog is. He goes and he fetches the yeah. puck. That that line, I think you're right, Art. That that line is probably the best in hockey. That one in the Boston line the of, Bruins of lineup, Pasternak yeah. And, yeah. and Bergeron and Marchand. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, they're they're an exciting team. The Avalanche are. Um, you know, another thing that struck me when I was watching that game, uh, the defenseman Zaradev. Mm-hmm. He's massive too. Yeah, dude. Jesus, I was like, where did this guy come from? Yeah, I was like, and I I liked his game. I was like. You know what? And obviously, when they have on the back end Tyson Berry, who's a very good, yeah, fat, fast moving uh, defenseman as well. Uh, I enjoy watching the Colorado Avalanche. Now, we've talked a little bit about the Canucks sticking up for each other. What did you think about that cross check on Besser in that game? Yeah, this is definitely something I wanted to talk about. So, twice in that game, first was Brock Besser. He's kind of just hanging in front of the net. I can't remember where the puck was, it was out on the outside, I think. And Besser was just kind of going through the uh, the slot area, and Calvert just fucking right in the back with his yeah. with a cross check, and he was down like Besser. It, it hurt, and I I have a feeling that's the real reason why he's not playing. He wasn't playing yesterday. Well, that's that's a worrisome thing, right? You know? Because of after you know, like enduring that back injury from hitting the door when Clutterbuck like basically laid him out yeah. when he's trying to defend him. You know, that's a major worry about worry for Besser. And Back Besser kind of, he kind of worries me a little bit. Like he's already missing time and he's missed some time last year and the wrist was sore. And there's a couple games ago where he had something around his wrist when I saw him take his glove off. And I'm just like, I love Brock. Like he's, he's not a hundred percent. So fun to watch, but like I, it concerns me already that this guy, you know, he's a little injury prone he's a at the moment. And I don't, I don't want to see this continue like throughout the rest of the season or throughout his career. Like, he's too important to this team to not be playing. Yeah. You I know? know? And and I'm watching, I'm like, obviously Elias Patterson is fantastic and he can carry this team. <laughs> We're seeing it. Yeah. But I mean, not having Besser there uh, last night at the Detroit game, I was just like, it's just something's missing. Yeah, you know? for sure. You know? And yeah, it's sad. I, I, I And yeah, the kids suffering a groin injury that i mean i saw that uh jim benning was on uh vancouver radio this morning talking about it yeah and he said that the groin injury it's they've had they've had it scanned whatever it's not like it's nothing that serious yeah just uh and they're not going to send him out until he's 100 percent. but they you know they want to give him you know want to make him comfortable before he goes back in there yeah for sure so so going back to calvert and the liberties he took not only with Basser, but he also had a bit of a hit on petterson near his own bench in that game do you think the canucks should have reacted to that when i watched it i was like this is unacceptable when i saw it during the game and i think i texted you during and i was like that like they can't let this guy get away with it. I think my exact tweet was somebody should go kill that guy. Yeah. I mean, I was a little pissed off about it too. And I like one of my biggest issues um, already this season, numerous times, like, I mean, the Matheson thing on Pedersen, there's a pretty big hit from behind on Mott the other night where he just went flying into the boards and then watching Calvert do this to Pedersen. I know you don't always have to shed him, but like, you got to get in there. And, and I, I was watching. It's not, listen, it's not, uh, it's not. It's not by chance that both those guys get right? crushed from behind. Yeah, it's not. By it's not. No, he's out there and he's looking to do it. Yeah. And and the thing is, is you know, Benning has has said this season. Well, you know, that's why we got guys like Schaller, and you know, that's why we have some like Roussel to stick up for these guys. Yeah. But the NHL is different now, man. You can't head be head hunting after something happens well did you see and that makes me milan lucic well here's the thing right let let me finish my point the thing is is if this happens you need a guy on the ice who can do it at that moment you you do like well i don't you do i don't know if i agree 100 percent with that because i saw how milan lucic handled the uh chris russell hit yeah you saw what happened chris russell got hit from behind by like a young player yeah on the uh, I can't remember what's the name of the team they just played. 
Oh, it's in my head somewhere. But anyway, he went and got retribution. Mm-hmm. Like he he went and searched the guy out. He hit him from behind. He started punching him. And now then, he's suspended. Uh, he got fined today. Yeah, yeah, he got fined. So he didn't get suspended. Oh, he didn't he get. Got, I thought he, he got, got suspended. No, he Sorry. got he got fined. But you can still do that, right? I know you said uh, maybe it's not ideal, and maybe you put yourself in a position to get suspended. Yeah, I fined. just think you have to do it immediately. I think they're going to be a lot harder on this. Like, I, I think that's where the NHL is going. They're cracking down on it. And if you, you're going to react, you have to react basically as Which soon as it happens. I agree with. But if it doesn't happen, you don't have the guys out on the ice to do it. Like in that first uh, play against Patterson, the first hit, yeah. the hit against Patterson. Someone after that has to go do something. Well, I mean, again, right? like he's out on the ice with guys like Goldobin and Louie in that game, right? He can't, like, Pedersen needs a guy on his line or that team needs to, like, sit down and have a meeting being like, look, this has happened to us four times already this season. You know, if you see this, get out there and do something immediately. Is, here, is it happening because these kids are young? I think that's part of it. Because you don't, you know, there's, like, lots of star players in the yeah. NHL, you know? Like, you don't see Kane getting run like this, yeah. you know? Like, so that I think that has something to do with it. Yeah, and I also think that, like, I mean, if Schaller was down on that line or if Rutana was on that line or if Roussel was on that line, one of those guys, I don't think it would happen. I think he needs to play with a guy who's got a little bit more grit to his game. It can't be Besser, Pedersen, Goldoman. I don't think it can be. Like, if 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 that if that's the case, this is continually going to happen. You know, I, I really do believe that. Sorry, I'm drinking Heineken. This uh, this between the standards podcast, podcast tonight. Is, is is brought to you by Heineken. They don't know it, but yeah. Uh, anyway, back to Besser, and yeah, we can agree. I I do agree with you 100 percent there, but I also think that something can be done even after the play, even after the play that happens. Yeah, but I've seen it. I just saw it with Milan Lucic. It's also, it can happen. It's also situational, though, right? Like it depends on it depends on where you're sitting in the game. You know, if it's a one-goal game or if it's a tied game, it's not something your coach necessarily wants to to see. Like this league is tight. You know, it's especially when you're clamoring for points. You know, both those teams are off to hot starts. The uh, the uh, Oilers are off to a good start. You know, lost to Tampa last night, and uh, the Canucks are off to a really good start that nobody expected. And like you want to, you want to, your revenge in this league is is more wins and points on the board than you know going after a guy hunting him on the ice later on in a game to seek retribution especially if the game's close sure but if it's true that someone is out there hunting your best players you gotta do something about it no you're right you you're know? right like because it's it's more than just the two points this yeah. is this is your team you know you gotta band together as a team here yeah we ag- we agree but we just disagree on the moment yeah so let's let's leave it at that all right uh Jim Benning, this is this has been a point of contest among any among amongst Canucks fans. How much do we trust the medical staff of this Canucks team? Uh, Benning on the Besser injury, he said, "quote Our medical staff is excellent. We had the injury imaged, and the results were negative. We're not going to let any of the players come back and play unless they're 100. percent Do you believe Jim Benning? Well. Yeah, I, I do, but I mean, this team has just lost so many man games to injuries over the last three seasons. It's they've lost the most, I think, or they're in the top three. Like one, they're they're right up there in the league for man, uh, man lost, and not just like normal players. Like some of their best players lost to injuries, like over these last few seasons. It tanked them last year when Horvat and Barchi went out. It killed them. Mm-hmm. It killed their run in December. Is this is kind an of a this is kind of a an interesting one. Like we we talk about when they brought in Anton Rodin, right, from Sweden, and he was playing and his knee was messed up, and they didn't even realize that like he had like a pro, a weird def- defect with his kneecap where it was like in two pieces, and the guy basically came over here and was a bust because the medical uh, team didn't pick it up the first time. Then he had season-ending surgery and he was done, and that was his like cup of coffee in the NHL. To me, that's a big miss by a medical staff, right? So I think it's okay to question it, but I mean, 
at the same time, like, I can't point fingers at them because I don't necessarily know. Yeah. No, we don't know exactly the inner workings. of, And it's up to players, too, you know? Yeah. Like, there's a lot of that going on. I, But it is it is fishy, man. Like, it is pretty fishy. And I, I don't... I, I wouldn't... I would like to hear more people that are in those Canucks scrums talking about this, you know? And, and reporters, those beat reporters that are in Canuckland working on this, turning this into a story and digging a little deeper to, to find out why this is happening. I mean... That's the only way we're going to know, right? Yeah. I mean, we just look at it from the outside and we yeah. know this team loses a lot of man, games to man injuries. It's, it's fishy, and I also think it could be one of the reasons why Linden left. Like why Trevor Linden left. Because mm-hmm. he was on that... Uh, sports like medicine side and he wanted to be bring some new ideas and some fresh ideas to the Canucks when he came over and under his tenure look what happened like you said it's fishy do we trust this medical staff it is something worth looking into so you want a yes or no answer kind of yeah I do I guess no you don't trust them well what have they done to uh, make me trust them Mm -hmm. I guess you know we just dance around the topic for the last five minutes and then yeah. i mean if you're if you're asking yes or no then yeah. then probably no are we worried about the way brock besser is being handled here with I'm, this injury dude i'm worried about besser moving forward for the rest of the year and if this keeps happening i'm going to be worried about it for the rest of his career probably because it's no laughing matter man like you know the, the back injury first the wrist seeing the wrist taped up and seeing him miss games seeing him not right out there you know like especially with the clapper you know, he's in the spot where he was scoring everything with that clapper last year. And I know the groin, like, that's where you're going to get a lot of power moving your legs to get that shot off. So that's a big part of it. But, like, that needs to heal. Yeah, it's too bad because that Colorado game, we saw him moving. He was He was moving. moving. Yeah. Yeah, I know. That so that game, so many things happened in that game. Louis Erickson scored his first goal of the season in that yeah. game. Yeah, we didn't even talk about that. Good good for you, Louis. I, you know what? And I saw it coming because the shift before, he had a good shift before. And I was like, wow, <laughs> Erickson, he looked good out there. And then he scored on the next shift. I don't yeah. know if you remember that. I, I mean, I don't have the game on PVR or anything, but I distinctly remember watching that game. And he was hes a bunch, he was with the, the fourth line, I think, yeah. as he was out there. And he, and he had a chance to score in front of the net, and he didn't score. I was like, ah, I'm not surprised he didn't score but he looked good out there and then the goal that he scored you know he was johnny on the spot he finished you know and marcus granlin again popping a clutch one in that game too like a clutch clutch goal i'm i'm so happy about his game i i still like i've talked about granlin a lot and i'm probably going to continue if he keeps playing like this because he Man, it doesn't matter what line that guy's on. He does things. He's a jack of all trades. Yeah. I think we like most about him. Defensively, he's so good at standing guys up at the blue line. Like, he's got a really good stick to disrupt those guys breaking into the zone. Like, he does a lot. And that's, again, that's the thing that I've been most impressed with this team all year by is not only how they disrupt the incoming rush, but how quickly they turn it around and transition and attack. Like, how many times have we seen uh, Petey sprung this year already he was sprung like three times in that detroit game yesterday i don't and i i I just think that the kid knows just knows where to go he's he steps ahead of the play i tweeted it out or i don't know if i tweeted out but i i had i texted all my friends they're canucks fans i'm like i actually think patterson is a hockey genius yeah is he not like well he's proving it man he's you know 10 goals in uh 10 games, 16 points. He's on fire. He's like, nobody's done this since like 1993 and hockey was different back then. Goalies were worse. Yeah. You know? Oh, and I, it, I saw he, some stats today. He's actually. crushing it. Yeah. Uh, it's starting to hit national media too. Like people like, Oh, Ray, for sure. Ray Ferraro said he's the most exciting player since Pavel Burry for the Canucks. And he, he had a great quote. So his quote was, I remember when I first started broadcasting in 2003 and I had to remind myself to not be the president of the Pavel Datsuk fan club whenever I did a Red Wings game. Yeah. And here we are six games into Elias Pettersson's career and I'm already that way. Yeah, yeah. And then hashtag magic. I was looking at that. Yeah, when they were six games in. Yeah, and he's continued since then. Like, Ferraro must just be over the moon about it. Everybody should be over the moon about it. It is... 
something special and people who are tempering their expectations yeah go ahead and be that guy but like man he's proving it he continually proves it night in night out he's got 16 points in 10 games yeah. 10 goals in 10 games let's let's just look at this horse historically so there was a figure that i saw out there today most points first 10 nhl games for players under the age of 20 Elias Pettersson has the most at 16. Second, Joe Sackick, 15 points Crazy. in 1988. Third, this is this is the one you'd never guess, Alexander Dagg, 14 points. That was back in 1993. Sidney Crosby, 14 points in 2005. Patrick Kane, more recently, 2007 at 13. And Eric Lindros at 12 points in 1992. So he, like, it is a historic start. Yeah. And the names on this list, Sackett, Crosby, Kane, Lindros, like those guys are Hall of Fame bound, right? Because Eric Lindros is actually going to be inducted in the Hall of Fame actually here. Yeah. Dude, it's, I don't know, it's it's insane and I love it. And I was looking at the, uh, he's running away obviously with the, uh, junior, with the uh, rookie scoring mm-hmm. race. I think uh, the next closest guy has like nine points. It's like Colin White for the uh, Ottawa Senators. Um, do you see another rookie that could maybe, you know, have a shot at winning this trophy? <laughs> Not the way he's going now, man. I like, I honestly don't think anything's, he's so exciting, man. He's so exciting with the puck. Um, I, okay. So yes, you were talking about tempering expectations and stuff like that. I was seeing like, like there was a question on Sportsnet or not Sportsnet, but, uh, TSN radio today, the poll question they were running does Elias Pettersson remind you of Wayne Gretzky? That was the poll. That's insane. That was the poll question. Well, his 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 frame, like how he's slight in frame, he's kind of got like a, a Wayner build. It was also the slap shot goal he scored against right? the Red Wings. Yeah. Game, right? Well, that's part of it too. Like he he's slight of frame. He's got that that Gretzky build. He can clap with the best of them. And he's got superb vision. That's the thing about all these comparisons, right? Like, and, and comparisons are going to happen regardless. Well, but like the Pavel Burry one doesn't make any sense. He's, he's not, he's not the same kind of player as a guy like, no, Pavel no, Burry. I think they mean it. I think right? Ray Faro says exciting. Yeah. Is what he means yeah. by that. I think, well, like, yeah. And when he talks about Pavel Datsuk, like Pedersen's got the stick handling skills like a Datsuk, but he's, he's so rounded that the Gretzky comparison is probably the most accurate comparison for overall style of game, I would say. I'm not going to say he's the next Gretzky because there's only one Wayne, right? Yeah. But, like, man, is he fun. I I had kind of a nerdy uh, analogy because I like to do these kind of nerdy, nerdy analogies. He is, if Henrik and Daniel Sedin were fused together... You ever watch Dragon Ball Z? They have oh, the fusion Oh, jeez. Here episodes. we go. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, you know, Let's they, not spend too much time on this. <laughs> they have, like, you know, the fusion where they, like, it's like, I remember Piccolo and another Namek fused together. Okay. And they had, like, you know, they had the, the You got 10 seconds. Let's go. Anyway, it took the best of both players. It took the best of both beings. So let's say you took the best of Henrik Sedin and you took the best of Daniel Sedin and you fused them into one person. That's Elias Pettersson. And a much better skater. Yeah, and a much better skater. But yeah. imagine okay. imagine taking the best out of both those players, taking both their speeds, yeah. right? Yeah. Fusion. Fair enough. Fusion. Fair enough. If you fuse okay. the Sedin things right. together, boom, that's that's Elias Pettersson. Yeah. So Yes, it's nerdy. Yeah. So what do we have? We have Boston tomorrow, right? Yeah, so we got the Boston Bruins, which is going to be a tough game, clearly. Yeah. The Bruins are a good team. And then after that, you got Buffalo, and then you got back-to-back in New York, I think. Yeah, the which Islanders, the Islanders, they're man. They're good. They're good. Yeah, they're good. Like, oh, man, I've, I've watched some of their highlights this season, and the way that that team moves the puck in the offensive zone is scary. Mm-hmm. 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 Matt, Matthew Barzell, is, he's a very, very sneaky player and he's always doing no look passes and he just catches the d-man off guard he's an awesome player yeah so the canucks have played one game on the six game road trip obviously and uh we got boston tomorrow yeah. four o'clock start one of the best lines in hockey the buffalo, if not the best the buffalo game's interesting because it's a 10 a.m start mm-hmm. like that's that could catch him off guard that es- could catch a lot of people especially traveling guard, east yeah yeah because so, you lose that time yeah so yeah 
who knows what could happen in that game. Buffalo's, I don't think, they're not a great team, but they're not a pushover. They got firepower. Yeah, they're not a pushover. Yeah. So, I mean, yes, I said there are teams that they should beat on this. Whether they do or not, that's, that's you know. You well, they should beat the Rangers. Let's be honest. The Rangers are no good. Yeah. And then the the last game of the road swing is Minnesota, Minnesota which is yeah. a Midwest game. Um, what do you what do you hope to see from the rest of this uh, six game? I think Boston is probably your biggest test tomorrow. And, you know, the Canucks have shown that they have an aptitude to stepping up to some of these bigger challenges so far this year. They've beat a lot of good teams this year already. And, you know, for everybody who said last year and this year, the same kind of record wise, it's different. It's just, it's not the same. It's a different feel. These, these teams are, the teams that they're playing are better. You know, even when we beat the Lightning, people are like, well, the Lightning aren't there yet. The Lightning are there now. Yeah. They're a really good team. Uh, and the Canucks Can- already beat Can- Boston yeah. 2 1 at the, home, right? The Canucks have yeah. proven that they hang out with these big teams so far this year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Again, that tomorrow could easily turn into a track meet too. Yeah, very, very simply, you got to watch out for Marshan, man. He's like, as much as well, Canucks that, fans hate him, which we all do, but like, man, is he good? That line, he's man. such a smart player. That line's so good. Yeah, Pasternak, Bergeron, Marshall. Yeah. Did you see that highlight of that um, of this year where Bergeron? I think it's three on three overtime. Bergeron is back checking, and he just like. Just totally like Bergeron, Selkie, awesome play. In his own end, he's at like the circle on the wall. Yeah. And he back checks this guy, gets the puck, turns around, knows where Marchand is already. Marchand's up at the blue line, like the opposing blue line cherry picking, puts it right on his tape. Marchand goes in, scores, wins the game. I didn't see it, but I 100% believe it. Man. I think Pasternak leads the NHL in scoring goals. Yeah. Goals. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. Yes. He he's two goals. up on Petey. He's two up. But on he's Petey. played more games. He has played more games. Yeah. Yeah. They're gonna. They're dangerous, and it's gonna be yeah. a tough game, no matter what. Uh, let's just talk. Let's talk about like the biggest thing. If you've missed what happened in Ottawa, to the Ottawa team, to the Ottawa players, uh, I just want to run it down a little bit. The the Senators. Uh, I think it was like six or seven of their players, like a big Uber. Yeah, man. Yeah, they were they were they I were don't on think the it was that many, but there was quite a few of them in there. I think it's six or seven. There was six or seven of them in an Uber, and uh, they got caught on camera on like I guess the the dash cam for the Uber driver was recording you know what was going on inside his uh, Uber vehicle. They were having at their uh, their special teams coach. Yeah. And they weren't be they were like joking like they were laughing at each other, but they were laughing at this guy too. Like it's and as if the as if the senators franchise hasn't gone through enough over the last I know, year hey. To have, I almost feel <clears throat> bad about it, you know? Dude, Matt Duchesne is like caught right in the middle of this too. Like if you watch the video, he's the guy who's doing a lot of talking in it. And I it's like I, I totally understand their frustration, man. You can tell we're really pleased with, you know, PK. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think Marty Raymond. <laughs> Marty Raymond. Uh, as you would probably guess, our PK through the bottom of the league right now. Yeah. We're like 68%. I looked at it No, we're not. Yeah. Will you please look at it? Last last we're, no, we're like second or third. What's our keeper? We're 10th. I don't know. I don't know. Five, maybe? Uh, you guys are in the top five. Yeah. Power play is at nine at twenty five. There's not All many right. teams that get the it. The old well. PKs at twenty nine at sixty-nine. We're two percent away from the world season. We get we buried on tomorrow. Flyers and hurricanes. We get buried on tomorrow, we're bottom of the league. <laughs> what would they go two for five last Did game? Marty Ramon. No, I think they went one. They went Only one. coach in NHL history to have the worst power play and worst PK within a back to back within a calendar year of each other. It's actually hard to do. It is. Do you do you notice that? Do you notice that when he when he uh, runs the video, like if you actually do pay attention, he doesn't ever teach you anything. He just commentates no. what's happening. He's like, uh, here's so and so skating on the wall with the box. Yeah, he doesn't say what to do with it. Yeah. Well, here's the other thing too. We don't change anything ever, so why do we even have a meaning? Like I haven't paid attention in three weeks. 
and, like I got it for my first ship, like last game. Well, right, and I, <laughs> you must have been listening. Yeah. <laughs> and I knew what to do because he hasn't changed a thing. I also, I also it. hate how he quizzes us. He's like, oh, yeah. he's like, uh, what do you do here, Max? Max, is like, oh, I don't know. For me? Well, there you get you get you get the point of what's going on here. Anyway, the there's like some really good players on the Ottawa Senators. We're talking like young players and older players, like Matt Duchesne, who's like you know maybe their best player. They got Chris Tierney was in there as well. Thomas Chabot, who's like a young kid on their team. He's a stud. Yeah, who's a stud by the way. He has twenty points. Yeah, he's got twenty points. He's a stud, dude. Yeah. But anyway, they're in this Uber and they're talking about their special teams coach candidly. Yeah. And somehow the Uber driver puts it to YouTube and it yeah. and it spreads like wildfire. Everybody sees it. I think it was both those sharks that came in on that trade too. Like Tierney was in there and DeMello was in there. Yeah. And yeah, I mean that that's such a shitty thing to do. Like that Uber driver, and I think that Uber driver is getting in trouble now too. I was well, looking at some of the headlines from today. And yeah, hundred percent he should. That's just—it's the most uncool thing you can do. And dude, this is exactly what people do when they go out for lunch with like a coworker and they vent about their job. Mm-hmm. It's the exact same thing, mm-hmm. you know. It's like, oh, I have a problem with management. I'm going to talk to you about it. I'm venting. We're having a beer or whatever. That is the exact same thing. All players do this. Everybody does this. Everybody on the planet does this. And for some greasy ass fucking shit weasel. To take that video and go, oh, I'll just, you know, give it to the Ottawa, what is it, Ottawa Citizen, so they can post it? Yeah. Horrible, man. Shame on that guy. Shame on that guy. From from what I've heard, and I don't know if it's true, but apparently they didn't give him a very good tip. That's why he did it. (sighs) Doesn't matter. Seriously, does not matter. Wake up, man. Like, yeah. Imagine if that, like, how would you feel if somebody did that to you? Yeah, it's invasion of privacy, 100%. Yeah. 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 I mean, Ottawa's been through enough, too, man. Like, they've been through so much. Yeah, they've been through, like, you had the Carlson and Hoffman deal, which both guys are out of there now. Two of their better players, like, two of their best players, gone out the door because of an off ice incident with the wives or whatever, the wives making fun of each other. Yeah. And then Melnick making that video that Borowiecki was a part of. It's just like, it's just one train wreck after another train wreck over there. But you know what? This isn't the only, like, crazy news of this week. There's all sorts of crazy crazy news dude but first off staying with that matt duchene is like in contract negotiations to stay with the team like long term yeah like while this is going on i thought he he took it on the chin man like not only did they they um not only did they like issue an apology like immediately as a team to their uh special teams coach but then like duchene in the in the presser the next day after practice he like First thing first, just like immediately apologized, came out of it. And I thought he looked really good doing that in that way. Like he he handled it really, really well. Since that incident, uh, they went, uh, they lost to Tampa Bay in overtime, but then they they beat uh, the New Jersey Devils, I think. So they're they're they've been playing okay since that happened. That that was after the, uh, I think it was after the nine two loss that it like it, it, it happened. It happened before that, but it came out after that. Yeah. So, yeah, because they were in Phoenix yeah, when Phoenix. when that was happening. Yeah, and of course it's a Phoenix Uber driver who knows dick piss about hockey. Yeah, he who, asked them who right at the beginning, releases like, who, that what video. Team do you guys yeah. play for? What a joke. Yeah, yeah. That that's uh, a it's a dick move by yeah. that guy for sure. And I do feel kind of bad for him. What do you think they can recover from this as a team? Though I like the team. Like nobody gave that team a shot. Everybody would thought they would finish in the bottom of the league this year. Yeah. Like you said, Chabot stepping into like pretty much a, a Carlson role this year and thriving. Yeah. And then Duchesne has been playing well. He's almost at a point a game. And Stone's got the best stick in the league as far as checking guys and steals. And he knows how to bury it. I think that team, like when all this stuff happens, it kind of galvanizes a team a little bit as well. I think a lot of people are, are again counting them out because of this. They're like, yeah. they can't, they can't. There's no I, way. I think they'll rebound. They I don't think rebound. it's that major, and I think their coaches understand. You know, because their coaches are are have played in the league too, and they get it. They know that they've bitched about their coaches when they were playing. And you know what? 
what do you think they're doing behind closed doors? Yeah. Bitching about their players. Yeah, exactly. Right? right? Yeah. It's, you know, that's, that's, that's what we do. This world society. is just a giant bitch fest. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's a little bit too bad for that. But it's it's still like stunning theater because it is the Senators, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, you said there was other things going on in the NHL that you wanted to talk about this week? Yeah, John Stevens getting canned. Yeah. And, and Willie... <laughs> kind of garbage time again for Willie to come there and pick up the pieces and clean up the LA Kings, man. The Kings, they're not in good shape. You think it's crazy? Because obviously we're going to talk about Joe Quimble being let go by the Chicago Blackhawks. Both the Kings and the Blackhawks now have axed their coaches. And this is these are two of the like most successful teams of the past decade. Yeah, right? I'm, I'm a lot more surprised by the Chicago one. But going sticking with the Kings for a second, yeah. like Rob Blake is their GM. Rob Blake had to make that decision. Rob Blake has already seen a coaching change there. This is year year and a half for him where he decides to make a second one. You got to think that that noose around his neck is a little bit tighter. They're still in ridiculously tough water with cap with guys like Dustin Brown, Jonathan quick um, defenseman there, uh, drew Doughty, like, and then they got older guys. Like they're old, they're slow. They're not going to be better, man. Like they're, they're going into waters that like the Canucks were going to in 2012 mm-hmm. with their cap trouble and everything. And I, I feel really bad for a guy like Willie, who is probably going to go in there and have to deal with this all over again, as his team tries to make a transition to get young and faster. And he's younger been named and faster. the interim head coach yeah. is what he is. What about uh, Dave Lowry? Who's kind of sitting there. What's again, what's, I wonder like, what's going on with him. See, that's the issue, right? Like John Stevens was an assistant for uh Sutter when Sutter was there for Daryl Sutter and they made that transition we're like okay we're gonna keep Stevens in here right and now they're doing the exact same thing with a guy like Lowry who's gonna stay and it's just like dude cut the cord if you're gonna replace the staff replace all the staff you know like you can't do these half-ass changes they don't work it's like when the Canucks made that change and and um Tortorella left but Gullitson stayed yeah I didn't like that That didn't help yeah I didn't like that at all you know and I don't think this is going to end well for the Kings at all. Well, I mean, the Kings, I mean, when you watch them. They can't score. They can't score. And that's been the case for I don't know how many years now, right? right? Yeah, they have one of the best goalies in the world. Yeah, and he's hurt right score. now. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. And he covers up a lot of mistakes, that yeah. guy. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like the trajectory that the Kings are going in for sure. And then the Chicago one to me was like chicago kind of shocking a little bit because the blackhawks haven't been that bad this year yeah i've been reading a lot behind that <sighs> apparently these guys have been at odds for a few years oh yeah like Quinville and bowman yeah bowman and quinville like one of the one of the first straws was when he traded away nicholas chalmerson who was like his yeah. favorite player like his favorite defenseman, steady, you know, yeah. as all gibby up. Um, obvious. Also, also heard that he was not a fan of the Panarin trade either for Saad. Well, how could you be? Yeah, that that trade like tanked them a little bit, yeah. especially last season. By the way, the Blackhawks, like I like that team, and I like that team when they were good. Even though I'm a huge Canucks fan, I've always had a healthy respect for the Blackhawks. I think when the Canucks play the Blackhawks, the games are always good. Even when the Canucks were shit and the Blackhawks were shit, the yeah. games were still good. Yeah. You know? And, um, like, it bugs me to see a coach that is that good he's uh, t- get chopped for no reason. He's and, a top three coach and in if, the league. Yeah. And if I was, you know, like 10 other teams, I'd say, I'm going to take a run at this guy. Yeah. Or if I'm a guy like Steve Eiserman, who's rumored to take over for the Red Wings, yeah. you know, I would be talking to Quenville right now and be like, listen, come coach this team next year, please. Yeah. Come come coach this with me and we'll we'll make the Red, Red Wings a good team again. I mean, they missed the playoffs once in the last 10 years or something yeah. there. He had he I think he was the longest tenured head coach. Dude, that that and that Hosa business with him being allergic to his gear all of a sudden, that yeah. that's so fishy <laughs> to me. To it's like you know, he's getting older and they needed money, so they put him on the long-term IR. They put him on Robodaw Island with Robodaw and Joffrey Lupul and all these guys. Yeah. Chris Pronger, who's, like, still on the IR in Philly. No, he's probably not anymore. But, like, it's just, I don't know, man. I think that's so fishy. And if anybody's head should roll, it should probably be Bowman's. And his news, I mean, the, the news, again, like, he got, he, he, it's he gets tightening a lot, around his He neck. gets a lot of credit for transitioning 
you know, when guys were starting to make money between Stanley Cup winning teams, like, you know, deciding to get rid of the right guys. Well, like Bufflin yeah. and uh, Lad. Lad, yeah. yeah and Bickle yeah. and, uh, and, and some of those guys. But yeah. it has caught up with them, right? Like, yeah. they're at a point now where it's caught up with them. The the Taves contract, we're talking to a guy who we work with. He says he doesn't think Taves is worth that much. I'm on the fence about it. I think Taves is a great player, and he makes his line mates better. Yeah. He had an off year last year, but he's having he's a decent year, year yeah. this year. Yeah, I don't, I don't 100% agree with that. But I mean, you go and look at their lineup, top to bottom. Yeah, some of those guys on the back end, like Seabrook's old. Yeah, I, I, I I've he's been got watching, a lot of miles yeah, on him. I've been watching Seabrook. I think he's fine. I think he's he's doing all right. He's not, but he's not, you know, top ten defenseman when like they, he when was. they had Jalmerson, yeah. Oduya, yeah. Seabrook, and Keith back there as their top four. They yeah. were pretty solid, and yeah. they were the team that everybody emulated, right? Yeah, they were the team that those D men were turning that puck around and transition the fastest. Yeah, and when they won the the last time they won the cup, they beat Nashville in their first series, mm-hmm. and you could see like. You're like, this is why they beat Nashville. And then when Nashville bounced them out two seasons ago, you could see. You're like, okay, well, now Nashville has the better decor, and they're beating the Hawks at their own game. I think the Blackhawks are going to be they're going to they're going to have a chance to make the playoffs. I think Absolutely. because because Corey Crawford Crawford's is there, yeah. yeah, and I think Patrick Kane Patrick Kane had some really like. He had some really poignant things to say about Quinville. I don't yeah. know if you saw that this week. He was like, he, he says he blames himself for feeling sick before the Canucks game and stuff like that. Like, he's like, if I was there, we had won that game. We could still have him as our coach and stuff. Like, so he's, you know, Quinville's a well-let guy among coach, among players, and he's obviously well-respected. Dude, and he's got, else. and he's a smart, a very smart coach. And like the fire that Quinville has in games, like, yeah pretty much he shows up for every game and he's got his players back and I really like that about Quenville and I think there's a lot of teams like if I was St. Louis I'd punt yo right now and I'd just hire Quenville and that would be like a big fuck you to division rival Chicago you know I I, I honestly think like Blash, Blash Hill for Detroit like yeah. they could take a run at him too uh, there's a lot of teams out there that you know would be drooling to get this guy he's I, that good of a coach yeah and I don't I think he's not going to be on the line for that long because I think his competitive nature will want to get him back in there even though he probably wants to take a little bit of time off that's what I've heard and he, yeah he, just don't going. go to Seattle when Seattle has a team because mm-hmm. I don't want to get pumped yeah. night in and night out by uh coach Q there um there is one 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 more thing I wanted to mention before the end of this uh the next the 2018 Na- hockey hall of fame the inductions are happening on Monday I think it is among uh, this year's inductees uh, Willie O'Ree, first uh, yep. black African-American player to play in the league. Um, Martin Brodeur, arguably the greatest goaltender in NHL history. Fatso. Uh, Fatso there. Uh, <laughs> Martin St. Louis as well. So Martin St. Louis. And, uh, Jerry Eric, calls and Eric Lindros. Yeah. What do you think of this class? Dude, you know who else is getting indi- un- inducted is Gary Bettman. And Gary Bettman. That's the guy that I, I wanted to roast every time. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think the class is great. Like, player-wise, I think the class is great. And I think Eric Lindros deserves it. Because when he was healthy, man, he was dominant. He was that good. He won an, M- he won an MVP. He was so, so good. His career was cut short because of concussions. Scott Stevens absolutely trained him in that one playoff series and basically ended his career with that hit. I think people don't like Lindros. Yeah, That's people why don't. he doesn't get in there because of his whole, you know, the whole uh, not wanting to play in Quebec thing, yeah. that sort of thing, right? And that, there's rumors, like, I'm, I'm, I'm from Campbell River, and that's home of Rod Brendamore, and there's rumors going around about... Lindros and Brendamore and all this other stuff too that uh, has soured him Could to, you please, to a lot of people. Uh, give us some of those rumors because I don't know these rumors. I don't. It's it's your typical hockey sleeping with somebody, sleeping with somebody's uncle's oh, okay. roommate's sister, right? Like that happens all the time. But like the thing, yeah. Um, but yeah, a, a lot of people too thought he was a bit of a dick. You know, like a lot of people didn't like that Flyers team. In the '90s, when it was like him, the Legion Le- of Doom, yeah, him and Leclerc yeah. and like, Renberg, yeah. yeah, the Legion of Doom. Um, but Hex- Hextall too. <laughs> what a player! Like he had a great career, and he was smart, and he was good with the puck, the and he was he was impossible to check. Oh, you know what I remember most about him? That stick. He had a black stick, and he had just the one piece of white tape. Yeah, I, I don't know why, but I'll always remember that. And he was deadly. He was deadly. His size, obviously. Uh, Martin St. Louis is an awesome induction. He totally deserves it. Yep. Martin Roder is the greatest goalie of all time. 
He totally deserves it. I got a problem with Batman a tad because he is still active. Yeah, why? And I don't understand inducting people who are active into any Hall of Fame, regardless of sport. Like, it just bugs me. I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, hockey fans, we don't love Batman, as he knows every time the puck or every time the Stanley Cup goes out there and he's... To me, he's he almost the like the wrestling villain, though. Like, I don't actually really have a problem with Gary Bettman. It's just theatrics. Like, every time he comes out, we got to boo him. And also, you know, the the this work stoppages, right? Yeah. The lockouts. Yeah. That's, you know, those that's that's up there as well. That's got to be on his legacy, right? Oh, the work stoppages are, are a big piece. I think the Vegas, um, how Vegas has fared coming into the league is a big plus for him and for his legacy. A lot of people questioned it, didn't think it was going to work. Them uh, getting into betting this year, too, with the Las Vegas Gaming Commission is a big plus um, for hockey, man, because like it's a massive revenue stream and people will be all over it. And it's going to grow the game in the States. I think he's done a pretty good job growing the game in the States over the last few years. Mm-hmm. But there were times like the Atlanta move, the phoenix move like some of those moves are still uh, a bit of a black eye on on his overall legacy but yeah too early to induct him it's too early yeah, yeah. it just it didn't it didn't look good it just yeah. doesn't look good yeah so we'll be looking forward to that obviously marty brodeur one of my favorite players of all time so i'll definitely watch the induction ceremony that's next monday i believe that's a november 13th i guess yeah or, yeah i guess so yeah i'm not good uh <laughs> Kirby, where can we find you? At Curbman23 on Twitter. And you can reach us if you have any questions or have any topics you want to talk about at between the stammers at gmail.com. Right on. You can find me 